Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. Uh, if you've not been with us, we are in a, a study in the Gospel of Luke. It's a, it's a long road. Luke is a long book, and we're already uh, been in it several months, and we're up to chapter 8. Uh, this morning, we're going to look at uh, two short but kind of complex, or I would say theologically complex, little passages. Uh, Jesus is continuing to speak. And he, he is speaking primarily to his disciples, but there's this larger crowd of people that's listening in. And so that group also has the opportunity to respond to what he's saying. Um, so he, he's sharing and he mixes metaphors here a little bit. If you recall last week, he was talking about farming and the farmer spreading the seed. And today he's talking about a lamp and light. So different metaphor but really the same concept. Uh, The word of God, and by the word of God, it's not just the written word of God, it would certainly include that, but it would also be really the presence of God, the person of God, uh, the reality of of who Jesus is. It goes out, it's spread out, it's disseminated into society, and then what happens with that, uh, it's, it's spread far and wide. You remember like the seed, the same with the light. The light comes on. But what happens with it is then contingent upon uh, two things, the preparedness and the response of those that it comes in contact with. So in, in the same way that the seed is sown, the light comes on, the light hits you, but then it's up to you what you do with that light. So with that, our title today, and you can go to that, is Listen Up. And that will make more sense to you in just a second, but let's pray, and then we'll get into the text. So, Lord, we ask you to enlighten the eyes of our hearts today, uh, and really give us ears to hear. We want to hear your word and hear what you're saying to us, and really we want to apply that to our lives uh, as we go through uh, our weekly things that we do, or just our normal routine. We want to be in tune with you, and following you, and doing what you do, and hearing what you say, and and, uh, being part of... Your, your work and your presence here in our community. Your name we pray, amen. Okay, uh, chapter eight, verse 16. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. So, uh, basic level here. What, what is the purpose of a lamp? Do we turn the lamp on and then look at the lamp and say, oh, that's a lovely lamp. It's so beautiful. Now, you might buy a decorative lamp to go in your house, but ultimately, the purpose of the lamp isn't to see the lamp. The purpose of the lamp is to turn the light on so that you can see what's around you. 
uh, you can see everything else. We have in, in our, our house, the, uh, our, our, we have an old, very old house, and so the bathroom is actually down the hall from the bedroom, and we have a little nightlight in the bathroom, and the, the reason that the nightlight is there is so that I don't kill myself if I have to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I don't want to run into the wall. I don't want to kick something. I don't want to step on something. Uh, so the little light is there so I can see what's around. So metaphorically, what is Jesus saying here when he's talking about light? He, he is not concerned so much with running into the wall or stubbing his toe. Uh, he, he wants us to be able to see what is real in the world around us and what is false in the world around us. Uh, with, with the light, if, if the light is off, then it looks like one thing. The world looks one way, but if you turn the light on, it looks a different way. It's, com it's completely different, and we see the world according to the light that is available for us. Uh, go ahead and go to the next slide. 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. The light comes from God through Jesus to us. Uh, it's displayed in him. We've said this before, uh, but you can't, I don't think you can say this too many times. It's so important. God looks like Jesus. What does God look like? He, he looks like Jesus. Jesus is the, the clearest, most complete picture of what God is. God is not, as sometimes people picture him, a big judge up in the sky with the gavel ready to slam it down and say, Guilty! Guilty, 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 guilty. Out, you're out. Uh, he's not waiting to, to zap you or send you away. He's also not, I think sometimes, uh, when I was younger, and I don't know if this is from cartoons or what, but there's this image of God. He's kind of this, he's, he's not the judge, but he's kind of a kindly old man, but he's just up on a cloud floating somewhere kind of far away. But that's not God either. He's not distant. He's, he's just like Jesus. He's very present. He's very active. He's close up. He's right in the middle of all the stuff. He's in the middle of the mess and, and everything else that happens in our lives every day. He's right there. And when the light comes on, we can see that. When the light's off, we can't see it. But when the light's on, we see who Jesus is and it makes everything look a little different and we, we see things differently. We even see ourselves differently when the, when the light of God shines on us. Um, we talk about freedom a lot. And the reality is this. Political freedom, social freedom, isn't real freedom it's a form of freedom, but real freedom happens when we are no longer dependent upon uh, the things of this world for our existence. We become free when we understand who we are in Christ and we no longer need then to extract meaning or purpose or value from other people around us. We extract it from what God says about us. It doesn't matter anymore. We, we don't walk through life thinking, you know, 
What, what do they think about me? Or does, does, does she think I'm cute? Or you know, does this dress make my butt look fat? It, it, we, th- those things don't matter anymore. Uh, what matters is God says, you're my son, you're my daughter, and I love you for who you are, just the way you are. You're the way I created you, and I love you today for who you are. That's freedom. When the light comes on, we, we see and we absorb the light, and it changes us. It changes everything. So Jesus says, be careful. It's, it's interesting. The light comes on, you see, but he says, be careful how you listen. After that, he says something that sounds a little bit harsh. Go ahead and hit the next slide. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. That doesn't seem fair to me. It, it seems like there, there should be some equity, and if one person has a lot, you would give the one that has a little more of theirs. But that's not what he says. This is a biblical principle that's found throughout scripture in a number of different places Jesus teaches this. I would call this the stewardship of grace. What will you do with what you've been given? Uh, There's another place in the gospel of Matthew, Matthew 25, that is similar. Jesus tells a story there about a wealthy man and he has three people that work for him and he's gonna go away on a trip. And so he entrusts his holdings to these three servants. And he gives one of them $5,000. And he gives one $2,000. And he gives one $1,000. And he goes away on his trip. He's gone for a long time. And when he comes back, he checks in with them to see how things have gone in his absence. And uh, he goes to the one who had five and he says, hey, look, I, uh, I took your five and I uh, invested it. I bought some stocks and bonds and uh, you know, played the market a little bit and I doubled your money. I got 10. And he says, well done. And then he invites him into the master's happiness. And I was pondering that a little bit this week. What exactly does that mean to be invited into the master's happiness? I don't know. It sounds like a good deal to me. The second guy has a similar experience. He had $2,000 and he also invested it and doubled the money. The third guy that has 1,000 says this, go ahead. The man who received one bag of gold came, master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. Now he didn't lose anything, he just gave him back what he was given originally, which seems like it would be okay, But the truth is that the master has different expectations of stewardship. The master's not happy with that response and so he takes away the 1,000 or the one bag that this guy was given and he gives it to the guy with 10. So the point of that is simply this, it doesn't matter what you've been given, what matters is what you do with it. It doesn't matter how many gifts, how many talents, how much resource you've been given, what matters is what do you do with what you've been given? Um, John Wimber was the founder of the Vineyard Movement. He uh, had another way of saying the same thing. And if you go ahead and go to the next 
slide, he said faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Are we willing to take risks with whatever amount of light God's given us or do we just hide it away? And I think that's a fair question. And here's why, because in the kingdom of God, we're all called to participate. We're all called to be in the game. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Nobody's on the sidelines. we have the opportunity presented to us to shine a little bit of light in the world around us. Whatever our sphere of influence is, it doesn't matter. Whether it's at work or at school or at home or in your neighborhood, in your community, wherever you have relationships with people, you have an opportunity to shine a little light or not. We don't come into relationship with Jesus. And again, this is something I was thinking about this this morning. I don't think this is as common today, but when I was growing up in the 70s and maybe even into the 80s a little bit, there was sort of this idea that you receive Jesus and then, yay, I get to go to heaven and everything's good and that's really all that matters. That's not really all that matters. It's not an end in itself. We're presented with light so that we then can be distributors of light to other people and share that with those around us. And really, and and this is not me, this is in the text, there's no alternative to that. Because if we don't do that, we lose the light we have. If we do do that, then our capacity to see grows. We see more and more. The light gets stronger and the kingdom of God becomes more and more real. If you ever notice this, when you are in the dark for a little while, your your eyes adjust to the darkness And pretty soon that becomes normal. Hello? If your eyes adjust to the darkness, the darkness becomes normal. We we want to walk in the light. If If we hide our light, then the darkness becomes where we live. So this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I was going to sing for you, but I don't think I will. I want to look at the second part of this text. If you go ahead and go to the next slide. Right after this, it says, Now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, Your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He has an interesting response to that. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. This this little incident here is recorded in all four of the gospel accounts, um, but it's in different locations in each one. And the reason for that is that the gospel writers are writing thematically. They're more concerned with presenting a theme than they are with the exact chronology of events. And that's why In different gospels, things are in different order because it's not that important to them. What's important is the theme that they're presenting. But in the gospel of John and the gospel of Mark, 
when, when this passage is, is written, is recorded, it says that his mother and brothers came because they were worried about him. They actually thought he was going a little bit crazy. Um, and again, this is early on in his ministry when they probably didn't fully understand exactly uh, you know, what Jesus was all about yet. Later we know that at least Mary and James became followers of Jesus and devoted to him. Uh, but at this point, they're just coming to see him. Luke doesn't tell us why, but my question, and I think the thing we wanna look at today is why does Luke put this here? Why, why is he recorded here? Because again, it's in different places in different gospels. And here's where I think these two things tie together. And the reason that it's here is that when you get the light, when the light comes on, it changes everything. It's possible that your family won't understand the change that's happened in you when the light comes on. Now, uh, I think the scripture is clear. Jesus is pro-family. He's for families. However, the reality is that the kingdom of God supersedes everything. And it may be the thing that causes a family to be separated. Walking in the light is the most important thing you can do, and there may at times be a cost connected to that. I, I would say, and I, I believe this is true for many of us, that our family become those who we walk in the light with. And I know for any number of people that, uh, and this isn't true of everybody, and I'm not saying it's, it's all the right thing, but the reality is that for many people, their church is really closer to them than their actual family. Those are the people that they are the most related to, that they have the most affinity with and they feel the closest to. Jesus says, my brothers and sisters are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. And to me, th that's a little reminder that when we come into relationship with Christ, we come into a community and we can't walk this out alone. There, there really is no solo Christianity. We, we come into a family, we come into a body, we come into a people that we're connected to in a very intimate and real way. <laughs> so uh, with that, just a reminder that we, we can't walk alone and that we really do need one another. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org slash give.